You are listening to the Daily Homily for Magdala in the Holy Land. When Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a large crowd gathered around him, and he stayed close to the sea. One of the synagogue officials named Jairus came forward. Seeing him, he fell at his feet and pleaded earnestly with him, saying, My daughter is at the point of death. Please come, lay your hands on her, that she may get well and live. He went off with him, and a large crowd followed him. There was a woman afflicted with hemorrhages for 12 years. She had suffered greatly at the hands of many doctors and had spent all that she had. Yet she was not helped, but only grew worse. She had heard about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. She said, if I would touch his clothes, I shall be cured. Immediately, her flow of blood dried up. She felt in her body that she was healed of her affliction. Jesus, aware at once that power had gone out from him, turned around in the crowd and asked, Who has touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, You see, the crowd is pressing upon you, and yet you ask, Who touched me? And he looked around to see who had done it. The woman, realizing what had happened to her, approached in fear and trembling. She fell down before Jesus and told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has saved you. Go in peace and be cured of your affliction. While he was still speaking, people from the synagogue official's house arrived and said, Your daughter has died. Why trouble the teacher any longer? Disregarding the message that was reported, Jesus said to the synagogue official, Do not be afraid. Just have faith. He did not allow anyone to accompany him inside, except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they arrived at the house of the synagogue official, he caught sight of a commotion people weeping and wailing loudly. So he went in and said to them, why this commotion and weeping? The child is not dead, but asleep. And they ridiculed him. Then he put them all out. He took along the child's father and mother and those who were with him, and entered the room where the child was. He took the child by the hand and said to her, Talitha kum, which means, Little girl, I say to you, arise. The girl, a child of twelve, rose immediately and walked around. At that they were utterly astounded. He gave strict orders that no one should know this and said that she should be given something to eat. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ.
So we have two long texts for our readings this evening, filled with marvelous uh, human resonance. Even this very last little line, people might overlook it easily. And he said she should be given something to eat that is so human, so warm-hearted, so tender, and understanding that she is now the object of a lot of attention, so let her eat something and that will also get her mind off all the people there looking at her. Maybe she's exhausted and she needs to eat. Maybe she feels hungry. And it's just a beautiful human detail. How many human details are in a family life? Hundreds of details every day. Just noticing somebody, saying hello, smiling, giving a hand, cleaning a little mess that happened, saying a kind word when a different word in a different tone has been spoken. So many little details in family life. And we see then a big tragedy in family life. Well, first of all, this girl dying. Or before that, the time when she was very ill and the parents are growing in their worry. And the doctors aren't helping, just like this poor woman who had given all her wealth, it says in another gospel, I'm not sure if that's Luke, had given all her wealth in vain to the doctors. Here it said she had given all she had. So all that time and all that frustration and health going downhill. In the story of this woman, we don't hear about her family, but it's very easy for a Jewish person to understand that her family was very involved in the sense that they were totally disengaged by the fact that she was impure due to bleeding. So let's say 12 years, think of the life of a child, a young person, 17, 18 years of age. 12 years, that means since they were five. So this poor woman couldn't caress her child. Those children couldn't receive a caress from her for all that time. She couldn't embrace her husband. If she was out and saw her mother needing help, she couldn't go and help her because any time she touched somebody, they would automatically be ritually impure by the understanding of the customs at that time. And then they would have to go to the ritual bath to be purified. So there we see that in because of her condition of severe illness, it burdened her family immensely. How many families are immensely burdened by a sick member? And that's also part of the gospel story. And it's part of the story of Jairus and his wife and their daughter. And it's part of the story of David and Absalom. A thought came this morning about David and Absalom. See, David is very sad that Absalom was killed, whereas those who are in charge of order are happy that the rebel is neutralized. He's wiped out. And there we see also family relationship. 
It's not that David was always tender. He, yesterday we saw that he was accused of being a murderer. And I'm sure he saw many murders also by his uh, own people close to him. And he ordered the murder of Uriah in the kind of cover-up context of a battle in the war. And so, nevertheless, we see that in the, all of that cruelty and savagery, we see how David resists the death of his own son. And he cannot stomach it. It's, for, it's a horrible event for him. The army are coming back happy that they have victory, but as soon as they learn that David is mourning, now they also go into mourning and they experience more shame than the joy of victory. And maybe that's one of the reasons also why Pope Francis has this wonderful line in our times that every war is a failure for humanity. Every war is a hurt for humanity. So much is destroyed in first place human life. And then, what would David have done? He said, I would have died for him. And the thought was this morning, that's exactly what God did for us. Because he has us so close to his heart, he was ready to die, to become incarnate with the purpose of dying for us. And there we find a way to touch the incredible love of the Father for us. How much the Father loves each one of us, that he gave his only son for us. Even the high priest said in the course of the trials leading to the crucifixion, it is necessary for one person to die for the people. And God was ready to do this for us. This is amazing love. And when we say the prayer of the psalm today, Lord, listen and answer me, well, we have the complete answer in Calvary, the total answer of love. And it takes us a while to ponder that and enter into that great mystery of love for our redemption. David was interested in reconciling with Absalom, his son. And that's only a shadow of the will God has to reconcile with every one of us. And he will do anything to get us to reconcile, to bring us around. And the illnesses for a little girl to die and this woman with her bleeding is really, they are very serious illnesses and very painful and a huge burden in their families, but it's nothing compared to the hatred of Absalom for his father, a terrible illness. And that's why we pray for families. Many families have lots of suffering, and there are many complex causes leading up to that deep frustration. And so we need to pray that the Lord can heal all the illnesses of the human heart, all the illnesses of our relationships. And that's why we also pray 
in this Mass, especially for all families. Thank you for joining us today. If you want to learn more about Magdala, follow us on YouTube and on Facebook.